Book 10, Part 3, Chapter 2 of A Class Book of Old Testament History by G.F. McClear. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cliff Stone of Sydney, Australia. A Class Book of Old Testament History by G.F. McClear. Book 10, Part 3, Chapter 2. Athaliah and Joash, Death of Elisha. 2 Kings chapters 6 through 14, 2 Chronicles chapters 22 and 23, BC 894 to 839. Thus, after scenes hitherto unparalleled in the history of the chosen nation, Jehu established himself upon the throne and reigned upwards of 28 years. Those years are almost blank to us. All we know is that though commended for the destruction of Ahab's worthless dynasty and assured that his descendants to the fourth generation should sit upon the throne, he persisted in walking in the ways of Jeroboam and retained the old calf worship at Dan and Bethel. But his reign was not a peaceful one. The Lord began to cut Israel short. Hazael attacked his kingdom and ravaged the territories of the tribes east of the Jordan. 2 Kings 10 verse 33 Meanwhile, similar scenes of extermination had been enacted even in the southern kingdom of Judah. On the death of Ahaziah, B.C. 884, Athaliah, the queen mother, who had probably been entrusted with the royal functions during his absence at Jezreel, resolved to seize the supreme power and for this purpose put to death all the members of the royal house who had not already perished by the sword of Jehu. From the general massacre, Joash, the infant son of Ahaziah, alone escaped, and was concealed by his aunt Jehosheba, wife of Jehoiada, the high priest, in the house of the Lord for the space of six years. Second Chronicles 22 verses 11 and 12 During this period, the usurpation of Athaliah was endured, but in the seventh year, B.C. 878, her foreign practices having probably disgusted the nation, the high priest deemed it an auspicious moment to bring about a change. Gathering round him all the supporters of the family of David, he placed a large force of priests and Levites in three bands at the entrances of the temple, and armed the captains of hundreds with the consecrated spears and shields placed there by David. Then before them, and a number of the people who favoured his design, he brought out the infant Joash, and in the presence of all, publicly crowned and anointed him, and presented him with a copy of the law. The noise of the people reached the ears of the queen mother, and she came into the temple only to see her grandson already placed on a raised throne and invested with regal functions. Jehoiada had given strict orders that she should not be put to death within the sacred enclosure, and crying treason, she was hurried from the rangers and slain at the entrance of the horse gate by the royal palace. 2 Kings 11 verses 4 through 16, 2 Chronicles 23 verses 12 to 15. A covenant was then solemnly ratified between the king, high priest and people, by which they bound themselves to be faithful to Jehovah and in proof thereof attacked the temple of Baal which Athaliah had built, slew its attendant priest Matan, and broke down the altars and images. 
During the lifetime of his aged counsellor, the youthful sovereign ruled his kingdom prudently and was blessed with a large measure of prosperity. In the twenty-third year of his reign, he commenced a complete repair of the temple, which had suffered much during the late usurpation. Messengers were dispatched throughout his dominions to levy contributions for the work, which were willingly bestowed both by princes and people. But on the death of the high priest, at the advanced age of 130 years, a change came over the policy and character of the king. At the suggestion of the princes of Judah, the worship of Baal and Ashtaroth was revived, and the service of Jehovah neglected. Prophets were sent to rebuke the king for this apostasy, but their protests were unavailing. One of them, Zechariah, the son of the late high priest, as a penalty for his bold, outspoken honesty, was stoned to death between the holy place and the altar of burnt offering. Matthew 23, verse 35. His last words, the Lord look upon it and require it, were speedily fulfilled. The year had not ended before the Syrian army commanded by Hazael appeared before Jerusalem. 2 Kings 12, verse 17. It had lately been successful against the Philistine city of Gath, and now, though small in numbers, was able to defeat a large army of Judah, and was only prevailed upon to depart by being permitted to carry away to Damascus all the votive offerings and much of the temple treasures. Nor was Joash destined long to survive this disgrace. Afflicted with a severe illness, probably in consequence of wounds received in the late engagement, he was suddenly attacked by two of his servants and slain in his bed in the fortress of Milo, B.C. 839. 2 Kings 12 verse 20 and 21, 2 Chronicles 24 and verse 26. In addition to their victories over the Philistines, the Syrians under Hazael had been equally successful against the king of Israel, Jehoahaz, the son of Jehu, reducing him to such a depth of subjection that he was compelled to limit his army to 50 horsemen, 10 chariots, and 10,000 infantry. After an inglorious reign, he bequeathed his throne to his son Jehoash or Joash, B.C. 841, who, in spite of the warnings the nation had already received, persisted in practicing idolatry. During his reign, the aged prophet Elisha fell sick, and Jehoash went to his house and wept over him, in the same words that Elisha himself had used when he beheld Elijah carried up into heaven, saying, O my father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. But other thoughts than the prophet's approaching end filled the hearts of both. Hazael was cutting Israel short and ravaging the country far and near. The aged prophet bade the king, open the window eastward towards the hated country and place an arrow on the string of his bow. Then, laying his own hands upon the king's hands, he bade him shoot, and as the shaft sped from the string, he followed it with the prophetic blessing, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance, and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou hast consumed them. At the prophet's command, the king next took the arrows and smote them on the ground three times, and then stayed. But he did it with no spirit or energy, and the victories he might have achieved were limited to three. Second Kings 13 verses 14 to 19 Shortly afterwards, Elisha died, 
but his wonder-working power was not to cease with his life. He had not been long laid in the tomb when marauding bands of the Moabites invaded the land. A dead man was about to be buried in the cemetery which contained the prophet's sepulchre. Seeing the band of spoilers, the mourners hastily thrust the corpse into the receptacle where the prophet lay, and no sooner did it touch his remains than the man revived and stood upon his feet. The victories, however, which Elisha had promised were realised. Three times was Joash enabled to triumph over the Syrian armies, and recovered the cities which the Israelites had lost in previous wars. 2 Kings 13 verse 25 End of Book 10, Part 3, Chapter 2 Recorded by Cliffstone of Sydney, Australia